Welcome to the I Am Podcast. My name is Carl Weaver, and I am the website content manager at I Am. If you have any suggestions for the I Am Podcast, you can email me at carl.weaver at iamovers.org. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. We want to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash iamovers slash message. I will also put the link in the show notes so you can click on it right there. Thank you for joining us again today. I'm joined by Brian Limperopoulos, IAM's uh, Vice President. Good to see you this morning, Brian. Hey, Carl. Good to be with you. Uh, it's been it's been a few, a, a little while since I've been on the podcast. Excited to be back to talk about this, uh, our new strategic plan. Yeah, this is uh, really an interesting plan. And, and um, I'm not just saying that because I work here and I have to say that, you know, it, it really is a, an interesting set of outcomes that, uh, that uh, the board came up with. But so, Brian, what is why is a strategic plan important, and why did we go about uh, developing this? Well, I think uh, just to pull back a little bit, I think anybody in our industry would agree that uh, it's there. There's a lot of change going on in the in the business right now, not just due to COVID. There's a lot of consolidation taking place. Uh, by the time we're recording this, yesterday, the U.S. Transportation Command just re-awarded the global household good contract to uh, uh, a new sole source provider. And that is going to have huge implications for our industry in the future. And so from IAM's perspective, um, we felt like we really needed to sit down and nail down what our role in the industry is, what we're trying to achieve and how we're going to do it in order to kind of uh, uh, really meet the challenges associated with that change in the industry. And so, you know, we, we started this process, Carl, and, you know, us as a staff, we sat down and we started this process right, uh, you know, in November of 2019. So <laughs> it's been quite an extensive process. Um, you know, the staff went through it. And we talked about what we feel like IAM should be doing and what, you know, what our values should be and how we should uh, approach our role in the industry. And, and that was a great conversation, Carl. I, I don't know, you know if you have any kind of uh, recollection from it. I mean, it's now two years ago, but you know, what were your thoughts coming out of that initial uh, strategic planning session? Well, I, I thought it was a really good exercise, and I, I'm glad we started with the staff because I, I really you have to start somewhere. Yep. But uh, for us internally to have to develop a sense of what IAM is and what it stands for, sort of brought us to um, you know a particular point you know of agreement. I thought as a staff, uh, and then of course we had to talk to the board, and uh, that you know. I, I hope, and I wasn't in on those conversations, but I hope there was some, uh, you know, some agreement there that that we stand for something, and uh, the things that we thought we stood for are the things that the the um, the board also uh, said. 
So was that the case or was there, were there any surprises in that? No, no I, I thought it was, it was really uh, refreshing. Um, you know, we went through the staff exercise and a lot of what the staff shared was, you know, agreed on by the board. Um, but of course, you know, we all have our assumptions. Um, every individual, not just on the staff, not just on the board, but members as well about what we should be doing. So it was, it was really helpful exercises to expose those assumptions and work towards common understanding and alignment. And then we went out, you know, we, we did the staff exercise, then an initial board exercise, then we, we surveyed the membership. Mm -hmm. and, and that was right when COVID was starting, starting, which was March of 2020. And we got, you know, some, some real uh, great feedback from the membership about how they see IAM, how they see the industry changing and what they want their association to provide for them. So we took all that information, uh, you know, from the staff, from the board, from the membership, and we kind of brought it all back together. And we had a long session um, in, in the winter of 2020. Actually, it was, it was at the very beginning of 2021 to really, okay, we got all this input, now let's iron it out. And for the next four or five months, we had a few meetings where we, where we uh, worked with our consultant on the project. And we, I think we came up with a really good strategic plan. And not only did we come up with a, a new strategic plan, but we, we set forth a new vision. We articulated a new mission and we articulated values that the association should be following. Right. And the old, uh, or, the, or I shouldn't say the old, but the previous uh, mission statement was really from the founding of the association, as I recall. Yeah, yeah it was really, I think it was like, it, it was, it was encoded in our, in our bylaws and it was really focused on the U.S. military transportation service provider, the yeah. forwarder. Yeah. And which is really what HIGFA was uh, started to, you know, founded to address. So. That makes sense. But yeah, it's, I think this is something that you know, probably every, I don't know, I don't know what period, but like every five years or 10 years or something should be revisited. Yeah, not every 60. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it's sort of like saying, you know, what's the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, but you know, planting a tree today also works. You know, it's not too late. So that's a, I mean, I think that's such an apt analogy, Carl. It's like, Oh, and, and just to use the analogy of it, of the tree, it's like this, you know, the, the, the vision for what we're trying to achieve, the mission and the values are our roots. Mm -hmm. And the strategic plan is basically the trunk. And uh, there's various initiatives and services that we're going to provide that will be the limbs. And hopefully we have this really full body tree, you know, um, that, you know, really provides value to the members and the industry and all our external stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm looking at the, um, we've got a chart here and I believe we have it online too, on the website, I'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, but you know, some of the, so we've got the strategic initiatives and there are three different categories of them, but we also have a list of sort of guiding principles. Uh, such as collaboration, excellence, fun, inclusion, innovation, and integrity. And, you know, that's a really, you know, I've never seen a strategic plan sort of laid out like this. 
And I think it's a really helpful set of uh, qualities that we aspire to, and that the, you know, the board obviously wants us to aspire to as an association. Well, and, and what, what I've, you know, and I think what we're trying to establish there, not just for the staff, not just for our volunteer leaders, but our members as well, is mm -hmm. this is what IAM stands for these six principles. And when in doubt, go back to those guiding principles and say, okay, what, what is the association uh, trying to do? And, you know, I, I think those six principles are pretty, you know, they, they do wrap up what IAM is about. I mean, we are a very inclusive organization. Mm -hmm. When we get together, we do like to have fun. We network like crazy. The collaboration that we undertake at our conferences is really incredible to watch. And then, you know, these principles around excellence and innovation and integrity, you know, we can't achieve what we want to achieve without those foundational elements as well. So I, I you know, I think when in doubt, go back and look at those principles and that uh, in many ways will help guide your way towards the right answer. Yeah, and you know, if you're ever something nice is that uh, you know if, if we're doing something, we have to be able to point at this strategic plan and at these guiding principles, and say where does it fit, you know, and uh, and if it doesn't fit, then maybe we need we either shouldn't be doing that thing, or we need to figure out how to change the uh, strategic initiatives to to include whatever it is we think is so important. Yeah, totally agreed. And so at this point, Carl, I think it would be good if we, you know, we've talked about the vision, the mission, we just talked about the values. What I'd like to do is just articulate what, what the vision is. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because uh, this is really customer focused, but a vision really exists to state your purpose in the world. And what are you ultimately trying to achieve? And for IAM to be a successful organization, we feel like we need to make the customer relocation experience easier. So our vision that, we, that our board has set forth here is that moving your goods becomes the easy part. That if IAM can help create a more seamless customer relocation experience, then we will have had a positive impact on the world. Now, our mission is really states forth how we intend to achieve our vision in a very kind of uh, pithy way. It says, we strive to be the global, IAM strives to be the global champion for the moving industry by advancing the professionalism and operational excellence of our members. So you can see how they kind of fit together, Carl, where if, if we're carrying out and executing our mission, then hopefully we're able to achieve that vision. Mm -hmm. And so from there, you know, we have, we've set forth this mission where we're trying to be the global champion for the moving industry by doing X, Y, and Z. And we felt like we had three strategic priorities in order to do that. We had to create a world-class member experience. We had to enhance the customer experience by ensuring professional and operational excellence. And then Finally, we had to position IAM as the preeminent association for the moving industry. So at the very top level, you have this mission and vision, which guides our mission, vision, and values, which guides the association. And then over the next three to five years, 
we have these three key priorities um, that I just kind of articulated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really I, I find this very easy to read the way it's laid out. So and easy to understand. Like there's no fancy language in here. It's it's very. I, I think uh, if our our friends in the uh, plain language association would definitely appreciate this. You know, just it's easy to it's easy to get to grok. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and this is where I think, you know, Carl's going to link to all these resources in the show notes where we're going to have an FAQ up on our website, uh, a PowerPoint presentation that really kind of flushes this information out. Uh, but, you know, I think what, what we're discussing here is we have a clear idea of how we can impact the, the world and our role in making that positive change with the association. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that this is, the vision is really uh, customer focused. So why is it customer focused? If they, I mean, the customers aren't paying the dues. So why is it like that? Yeah, so, you know, we, we had a lot of discussion about this and we felt like if IAM is seen as um, a positive force for making that relocation experience easier, then the members will recognize the value that the association has to them. You know, there are all sorts of, yeah, th there's a common saying in the moving industry that moving is one of the five most stressful things you can do in your life. And, you know, I think a lot of members and a lot of people in our industry wear that as a badge of honor that it's, you know, this is tough and what we do helps people navigate this really stressful experience. But I, I think we should be, uh, I, I think what we're trying to aspire to is that we make it easier for the customer so that people feel more free and less trepidation about taking that stressful transition in their life. And if we can do that and get away from people saying, this is one of the five most stressful things you can do in your life, and say, oh, moving's easy. Hopefully that expands the customer base. It also, you know, if, if professional movers are making that customer experience that much better, then, you know, more people are gonna elect to move with a mover and not do it themselves. So we feel like if we can achieve that, then ultimately it grows the pie for our members and creates new business. And it also shows them as being part of trying to solve problems rather than just resting on their laurels uh, in the existing kind of stressful experience uh, arena. So that, that's kind of the focus there. Yeah, so instead of being uh, this sort of mysterious uh, set of five people that show up with a truck and take your stuff and then show up and drop it off, you know, they're, being, they're part of a, uh, solving a problem. I think that's great. Well, and, and, and so let's, let's take that example, Carl, and really think about how the strategic plan seeks to achieve that. So five people come to my house, they pack up my stuff, they put it on a truck, and then I hope it shows up at the destination. And I hope it shows up without any damages. And I hope it shows up without any additional charges, right? Yeah, and hopefully near the time that they say. Exactly. Yeah. So there's, you know, one of our strategic initiatives, it relates to that exactly. So uh, we're looking to uh, provide, uh, invest in efforts to facilitate the exchange of data for all industry stakeholders. 
And you, you said a lot of this is clear language. I think that might not be that um, easy to discern, Carl. So let me, <laughs> let me go back to that example that we were just talking about. Theoretically, the technology exists today where a transferee, a customer moving, okay, would know the names of the packers. They would know, you know, okay, they would, you know, sign off on the packing list on the digital inventory. Um, that uh, their goods would be loaded onto a container that they could see, you know, the progress for, and they could watch the end-to-end -end transfer of their goods from origin to destination instead of them having to call up the coordinator and say, hey, where's my stuff? Hey, where's my stuff? There could be you know, a lot more visibility into the shipping process, but we have, to, we have to create the standards and we have to build out the connection between all the various software systems in our industry to make that happen. So that's one way we're looking at enhancing the customer experience through, through greater uh, standardization of data and hopefully helping to facilitate the exchange of data between stakeholders throughout the industry. Yeah, and, and for those, uh, I'm, I, I guess our, our audience is mainly members and people in the industry, but you know, I think part of it has to be educating the uh, customer too. So like we're picking up your stuff today, or it's going to be delivered in two weeks or whenever uh, at your new location. And uh, it's not going to be us delivering it. Probably it's going to be our local crew that we're contracting with. Yes. You know, so that when there's you know another set of five people show up, yeah, you know, and it's different people, and it just it might seem weird and shady, but you're like educating them, or if it's overseas, you know, here's here are the steps to getting your stuff uh, from uh, Boston to uh, Mozambique or wherever. You know, um, it's going to go on a container ship. It's going to be handled you know these six companies are probably going to handle it yeah and and i think you brought up customer education and and that's another place where we're really investing in um one, one of our strategic initiatives carl i'm glad you brought it up was expand and enhance structures and functions that promote meaningful communication between members and customers mm -hmm. that's a lot of words for saying we want our members and our customers to talk more and to understand each other better and if you went to our conference in, um, you know, whether virtually or in person, we hosted a great panel with military spouses this year. These people move, um, you know, to every two to three years. It's very stressful. In many cases, they have young kids running around. Their, their partner is not there because they have orders to be elsewhere. And it is a very stressful experience. And what we're, what we're trying to do is help break down the barriers between our members and their customers. And hopefully we can all achieve a better understanding about what the service will ultimately entail. We brought together corporate accounts at our conference. We've had, you know, we've hosted a couple sessions with RMCs and corporates over the past uh, year and a half while we've been sequestered with COVID. So we're really investing in bringing the customer perspective to our members and making sure that um, we're, we're not just, you know, just talking to ourselves. And, you know, it's really important that we keep our eyes and ears open and, and really learn from our customers. And it's also, you know, to get that two-way collaboration, they need to know what our challenges are. And that's where I think uh, we're really investing in that. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the military uh, moves. Uh, Megan Harless, who is one of our panelists on that, uh, that, that discussion at the annual meeting, is actually getting, she and her husband, her, she and her family are getting ready to PCS again. Yep. And she's started that, I, I hope it's going to be a whole series so that those of us who've never had to do that can get better insight into how it works. But she's like eight months away from the move and they're, you know, they're starting to call stuff and, you know, you know donate it or, or do whatever they do with it, you know, so they're, they're kind of weeding out what they don't want to take with them. Uh, and, and probably 90 days out, they'll figure out where they're going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I can't imagine that level of stress of I've got to get ready to move. Where are you moving to? Who knows? <laughs> wherever they send us <laughs> i, I, I kind of want megan to produce a series of tiktok videos like okay like eight months out this is what i'm doing seven months out you know uh i think there's there could be really fun and creative ways to kind of document that that experience obviously oh, yeah. you know that overlaying a video production process on it uh adds a layer of stress but she's been a great partner for us um and and really generous with her time and her her input and you know the network that she has and the information that she has coming from those her fellow military spouses is very valuable so uh, shout out to Megan yeah yeah so hopefully she's going to continue that because uh, it it's just a, a different type of stress stressful move than most of us have so yeah um I before we go Carl the the strategic plan has a lot more I, I Obviously, you're going to be able to access it on our website and uh, in different places. But I want to emphasize two, two other initiatives that we're undertaking right now. And these are our most achievable objectives right now in the here and now. And that's really restructuring our membership um, to be more uh, aligned with the needs of the industry. And number two, it's to strengthen our governance function by engaging more of our members around the world in helping us drive, uh, drive forward to achieve these objectives. So I want everybody who listens to this to know that we are really investing heavily in adapting our membership structure to be more uh, responsive to your needs. And also, if, if you're one of those people who wants to be a part of helping us achieve uh, the, the lofty objectives that we're setting here. We are really creating an excellent platform for uh, us to engage new members, to recognize these volunteers, to put them in a place to actually achieve results and not just say I'm part of a committee. Um, we're actually putting our members to work on things that will have an impact on the industry and on the membership. So if you're interested in joining us, you know, we want you to reach out to us. Um, you know, Carl can put a, an email in the show notes, but you can always contact membership at iamovers.org and say, I want to be, I, I want to volunteer and help IAM um, uh, achieve this strategic plan. And we can find a place for you. Yeah. It, it, I think a, a lot of times what I've seen in the, the association world is, you know, it, and you sort of hit it there, Brian, is, you know, I want to help. I want to do something but I don't know what, uh, what I can do or what's, what's useful. And so, and that often stops people from volunteering, you know, so you don't have to know what, what you want to do. We'll help you figure that out and, um, you know, go from there, but 
yeah, let us know. We want we we want to put you to work if you want to work for it. So, and, and as part of that strategic plan, Carl, we're going to be putting on uh, additional resources on our website. Kind of, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to look just yet, but identifying some opportunities, identifying skill sets, but you can always look at the strategic plan and say, oh, I want to be a part of this. You know, mm-hmm. um, so let us know. Uh, membership at iamovers.org. And uh, yeah, so I, I think, you know, there's a lot more to the strategic plan. God knows I've spent hours upon hours talking it through with, you know, people like you, Carl, as well as, you know, people on our board, our staff, and some other members. So um, we could go down the rabbit hole for days on this if we wanted to. So if, and I know we, we don't have days to talk, people aren't going to listen to a day long podcast. They will, Carl. <laughs> they will listen to our day-long podcast. They, they better. Is what I, <laughs> so, but if you had to take, you know, give me like a very high level, um, or maybe you know, we already did that, I guess. I was going to say like a high level description of what the strategic uh, plan is. Uh, but what are, what are the things that maybe are, you are most excited about within the street, uh, these new strategic initiatives? I got to be, I got to be honest, it's hard to choose because I see they made it onto the strategic plan because they all have value and they all would be, would be pretty transformative in their own way. I I think, you know, I, I've personally been invested in this data exchange through standardization for 11 or 12 years. So that to me, I think is a very transformative topic. And if we're able to achieve it as an industry, it, it really does have a discernible impact on the, on the service that we can provide to members and the cost, uh, not a discernible impact on the service we provide to our customers and helps us to lower the costs of that service. So ultimately it could you know, result in greater profits for our members uh, because we were taking away some of the extra costs associated with sharing files, with sharing information, with responding to customer uh, inquiries, with data entry, uh, with all of those things. If we can cut that stuff out, then it means um, less, less overhead and more profit to our members and a better customer experience. So if I had to choose one, that's the one I'm going to choose. Um, but all of these are my babies, Carl. Yeah, and, and I know you've been uh, really into uh, you know, industry standards, you know, and, and uh, that sort of thing. It's it, as as uninteresting as it looks on the on the surface. It's really very fascinating stuff. So, so let, let, let's just uh, I'll just nerd out for a second. It's you know we're having this conversation right now in the English language, and we're able to do that because we agree on a standard, which is the English, which is the alphabet, right? And it's the yeah. it's the Arabic alphabet, right? So we've agreed that there. I think it's the Roman alphabet, but yeah, is it the Roman alphabet? Yeah, we have Arabic numerals. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Should stop stop talking. All right. So we long story short, we've agreed on an alphabet. Okay. We've also agreed on how that alphabet can make up words and grammar and syntax and all of that. 
So at the fundamental basis, we've created standards in order to achieve human communication. Mm -hmm. And computer systems are no different. They each have their own way of thinking, their internal standards. What we need to build between them is the platform through which they can exchange information. We need to create the alphabet and we need to create the language and grammar and syntax and all of that. So if you think about your challenges today, if you're a, a moving service provider and you wanna work with your partners around the world, but each of them is on a different computer system. We can't exchange data between those computer systems because they haven't agreed yet on those fundamental standards of communication. Once we can figure that out, then we can push data between the two systems and have it live, um, have it uh, be stored properly in the right places for your staff and your crew to take action on. But until then, it's still going to require us to email documents, to do human data entry with the associated errors. Um, and that's where we have a real opportunity to work together as an industry to set the rules there, set the standards, and create that information pipeline so that it can move freely between the two systems. Mm -hmm. The two systems are all the systems, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like having, uh, you know, a translator. I mean, that, that's really what it is. Rosetta Stone. Yep. <laughs> Rosetta Stone, yes. There you yeah. go. So, um, yeah, Carl, uh, any other questions on this? Oh, let's see. I've, I've got a whole set of questions here, and I think we covered a lot of them. Um, so, you know, how, how are we going to advance this very ambitious plan? I think it, I mean, I'll be very quick on this. I think it requires, at the very basis, it requires resources. And, you know, we shouldn't skirt that. You know, trying to do anything in this world means you need time, you need, and you need resources, and you need people to accomplish that. So we're going to have to invest. Uh, and we're going to have to invest in making that stuff happen. Um, we're going to need to um, you know, we're going to have to invest IM resources in that uh, from a monetary standpoint to make it happen. We're going to have to empower volunteers, you know, our industry experts and our membership to do stuff. We can't put them through a very bureau bureaucratic process. Uh, associations are very bureaucratic and there's typically a lot of um, committee meetings and stuff like that. We got to be very intentional with with. Uh, what groups we set up to achieve these initiatives and put our volunteers in the place to achieve it. We have to invest in our staff. I mean, uh, people like you and me, Carl, are fundamental towards making these things happen. You know, not only do we have to organize it for the volunteers, not only do we have to market it, we have to communicate it. We need to really figure out, uh, be the, the engine behind the scenes to make these things happen. So we got to invest in our staff to make sure that they're capable and they have the right training to do that. And then finally, we have a whole host of partnerships around the world, um, you know, with other industry trade associations, with other, with other vendors. And we really have to continue investing in those partnerships um, to leverage those, um, their, their strengths, you know, where we don't have the strength, uh, let's work with our partners who do. You know, one example of that is, you know, our partnership with Feedy. 
They developed the professional cooperation guidelines a number of years ago. And instead of IAM saying, oh, we can do this and introducing a competing uh, set of guidelines, we said, they've done a great job here. Let's adopt their guidelines, make it available to our members, and let's all work from a common, uh, a common um, set of principles on this specific topic. And so that's where, um, you know, working with our partners and, and, and figuring out how we can work together to achieve that ultimate vision that we're trying to achieve. Maybe we don't have to do it. Maybe our partners have already done it and we can just work with them on it. So I think if I can boil it down, those would be kind of the key places where uh, we're gonna focus on advancing these initiatives. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you used the, uh, the term investment, like investing in the staff, investing in you know, time into you know, effort into this, uh, because it's, it's not just, a, it's not a really, it, it is a cost center to do things like that, but it's also you know, an investment will pay off if, if you do it right, pay off more than you put into it. Yeah. So I think that's a great way to, uh, to think about it. And, and I'll just take one more opportunity. You know, when COVID happened, you know, our, our staff, you and me and, and our colleagues, Carl, we, we thought pretty deeply about how do we continue providing a service during this pretty monumental shift in our world? And we really invested heavily in this content in building out webinars and building out new content in our conference, whether it was the virtual or hybrid meeting. And we've invested on that front. And now we have all these new skills as a team where we can bring forward interesting conversations with, uh, for the industry. So I think that's, that's a pretty good example of one way in which we, we use the negative of COVID to invest in something positive for the members and drive value in that regard. Yeah, and in as much as I, I hate the term because it's overused, we, we really learned to pivot quickly. You know, uh, you know, just change direction. Oh, guess what? We're not going to the office anymore. You know, guess what? Uh, you know, we're not going to be meeting in uh, in San Diego. Yeah. You know, guess what? You know, uh, you know, it, it just Delta variant. Like, yeah, Delta variant. I mean, just like one thing after another. Like, how do we? Okay, what are we going to do now? I guess we got to figure this out. You know, so I, I think that's, and everyone had to deal with that everywhere, yeah. but. Um, yeah, it's really given us, I think, a different sort of energy among the staff, you know, and certainly set of um, abilities. Yeah, abilities is right. New capacity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We're building capacity internally. That's right. So exciting times. And uh, <laughs> again, we'll, this is just a preview of things to come for the members and the listeners. Love to jump down the rabbit hole with anybody who wants to learn more. Yeah. So anybody who wants to learn more or get involved or has an opinion on this, you can always contact Brian or me or anyone on staff that you happen to know. Uh, you can, if you have uh, more general questions, like Brian said, membership at iamovers.org. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify.
Thank you for listening to the IAM podcast. If there's ever anything you need from IAM, you can contact us at membership at iamovers.org or contact us by going to the contact us page on the IAM website at iamovers.org. Thank you for joining us and we will talk to you next time.